Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Back to light the fight, and this is welcome to the DMs. Well, say real quick. Let's not explain what a DM I'm is not, to I people wasn't going to. this time. And the I reason why I'm saying, if you don't know what a DM <laughs> is this time, go back to our other. How many episodes have we done of DMs? Twenty something now. Yeah, go back to the other twenty three cases. All it is is you send us messages, we answer them. And uh, if you're new to the DM episodes, just go check out some of the other ones. You'll know what it's about. That's right. So this particular DM that we're going to talk to, um, and shoot, now I lost it. So I'm not going to read it word for word. That's right. Because it's on my phone. Yeah, so is yeah, you it, got it. Um, this is something that I think is top of mind for a lot of parents. And the this particular um, message has has come in, and she's asking how much – phone monitoring is too much. Now, we all know that there's certain parental controls. Some parents like to read every single text message and see everything that goes on inside their kid's phone. Um, I This particular woman was saying, you know, basically she would have died if when she was a teenager, her parents were reading every conversation that was being written or every phone conversation, you know, every interaction that she had her friends, she felt like she would have died. And that there was a certain privacy that she had as a teenager that, um, be, because there just wasn't an option. And so in, in comparing, which I think is, is good to compare, like what it was like then, what it is now. And and I'm sure that you're going to talk about the different circumstances, but go ahead and talk, David, about how much parental monitoring is too much. Is it good? Should you be doing it? What What's your take? So first off, I'm going to circle the wagon a little bit. I'm going to do a bunch of disclaimers um, to kind of filter it all down before I say what because I'm going to say. Because this is a tricky question. Well, it's a total tricky question because people say how much screen time is too much. What For who? Like, what's the spectrum of the different ages in your family? There's personality types. There's one kid who's like, this kid is the kid that you had to like tell every day when they left, don't take candy from strangers. Because this is the kid. You, you may have that one kid who just doesn't have a lot of street savvy, street smart. The other kids, maybe they have a lot more. You know, you're just going to have different. Everybody's going to Everybody's going to be different. On this different. one particularly. Okay. So that's my first disclaimer that I can't answer everyone's specific question because, you know, there's lots of details and lots of worries, concerns. And usually when people ask questions, they come preloaded with pre-worries and concerns that they can't really tell me enough of how much their worries validate them wanting to see everything on their kids' devices for the rest of their life. So 
we'll kind of put that aside. Next one, um, without I'm real quick. The other disclaimer is there there might be a lot of really good resources. I'm actually looking into a couple of them right now uh, that we might be able to refer our listeners to when it comes to screen time, when it comes to coming up with a family plan, like like ways to how to address that. The ones I've seen so far, they're good. I mean, they have some good ideas. The problem is, is these don't take into consideration the core fundamental problem with any parent trying to initiate a plan in their family. Your plan's only as good as your relationships with your kids. Do they trust you? Is this a setup or are you actually trying to help them get their needs met? So without stating... And are you being accountable as well? Exactly. (laughs) You being accountable as well. Without stating all the different nuances of things you can do because many people may listen to this and say, well, screen time is not good for their brains and all stuff. Yeah, I know all that research. I'm not saying it is good with their brains, but if you want your kid to get off their phone, well, then you got to throw yours away too. Some parents might be going, oh, I'd be fine without my phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what you say. I just would not. <laughs> just because you don't use your phone as much as your kid doesn't mean you won't be as fine without your phone. So I don't really like to think about abstinence and those things are realistic options. Those might be good things you do for a week or to tone down how much you're on the phone. But here's my bread and butter. And I, like a lot of things I do, I do it inverted. I do it upside down, backwards, coming from the back, moving forward versus the forward moving back. Tell me about it. I had a little indigestion from all the delicious cookies I've been eating. (laughs) Um, So this is how I start off with people. Everything that we do has to err on the side of the relationship. Everything. You start from there. So we don't start with a family plan that you came up with that you're going to tell your kids, here's what we're going to do. Because it's your plan, you're just putting the name family on it, but they didn't agree to it. Here's where you should start with. Again, all this is not taken into consideration all the great ideas and information out there by other companies. This is just me working with teenagers and families, right? So you have your kid, you sit your kid down and you say, hey, listen, well, first of all, if you go back to our other podcasts, you should be having conversations now with your kids about phone use and internet use long before they're using a phone and have one to use and are on the internet. You should start this when they're kids still. Get them having comfortable Get them comfortable having conversations about technology. See what they think. See if they're looking at their 15-year-old brother when they're nine saying, yeah, he's always on his phone. This is ridiculous. When I have a phone, okay, what do you think you'll be wanting to do when you have a phone? So those are the conversations you have earlier. But once you get to a teenager and you start to find out that there is some desire of your teenager to have much more freedom than you're comfortable and willing to give them, then you got to give them the biggest, fattest care in front of them to motivate them, to help them believe that they can get all the freedom that they want. And you're going to help them reach that. Most parents tell me to say, no, I don't want to give them all the freedom and I don't want to help them reach that. I said, well, guess what happens when they have enough money to buy their own phone and they move out? They're going to have the freedom. It's going to happen whether you want it or not. That's just the way the world works. So instead of teaching them, as we always say, instead of teaching them how to be better employees, you got to teach them how to own their own business or take over the family business. So in this case, you sit down with your kids, say, okay, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell us what freedoms you'd like with your phone, what apps, all these different things you want to be able to use your phone or the internet and devices with. 
The good thing about this is them stating what they want doesn't really even matter where they're at at the moment. You could have lots of trust with your kid, but you just don't trust people out on the internet. You don't trust the world. Or you could have a kid that's totally broken your trust and you don't trust the world and you don't trust them. So it doesn't matter where you're starting from. All you have to do is ask your kid, what is the goal for you? What do you want? Have them write it out and spell it out for you. Say, okay, well, what are the most important things for you? Have them put like, here's the A priorities. Here's the B priorities. Maybe the A priority would be the thing that they wanted first would be able to use Instagram. And then the thing they wanted second would be able to not have to turn in in their phone at night, that they could keep it overnight. Then what you do is for every one of those goals, you put a task accompanied with that goal. So let's say you want to be able, let's say a teenager says, I want to be able to keep my phone with me from Friday to Sunday night and not have to turn it in at night. And let's say the parents sitting here going, in their wildest dreams, they've never imagined a world where they just give their cell phone to their kid 24 hours a day, even though they got to know it's going to happen at some point. They just couldn't imagine it. So you say, okay, I'll tell you what. Well, then let's make it so you can earn that. The goal should be helping your kid earn the freedom instead of trying to fight with them to not give them the freedom. So what you do instead is you say, okay, here's what you want. Okay, here's a task that we think if you do this for this amount of time, then that means you get that freedom. And it's got to be measurable. So most parents will say things like this. I have them do this with their kids. And they say, okay, well, I want you to not lie to me. I'm like, wait a second. So in order to get their phone over the weekend, they, they to got to not lie Monday through Friday, yeah? They have to lie about lying. And they said, yeah, I want them to not lie to me. I go, well, have you ever said your kid was lying and they said they weren't? Yeah, it happens all the time. That's what are most of our arguments about. Well, how are you going to handle that one? Because now you're not going to ever going to give them the phone back and they're going to say, you lied to them. You made them believe that they have a chance to earn right. a raise in the family business and you just said, we're going to give you more responsibility, but you're not going to get a raise. So you have to give a task associated with what they want and you have to give them a timeline. So here's what I would say to that exact same parent. I've had parents say stuff like that. I say, okay, so you can't take lying as the task that they have to achieve because that's not measurable. It has to be something that's tangible and measurable. They go, well, what do you suggest? I say, okay, why don't they turn in their phone three weeks in a row every single day without you having to give them any warning to turn their phone at night and they get one get out of jail free card. They get one, I fell asleep with my phone on my chest and I turned it in late. If they do that for three weeks straight, then they've earned the next week as a weekend where they don't have to turn their phone in. Then the parents are like, but they're going to stay up all night. They're not going to get good sleep. I said, yeah, same thing they'll do when they're 21 in college. So it's, it's okay. Or the same thing they're doing anyways when they don't have their phone. Because they just switched over to the Xbox. Yeah. Okay. So what you're doing is you're telling them they're earning something and they have a chance to get their freedom. It's purposeful struggle. They get to do a task over and over. And if they get it, it's because they earned it, not because you gave it to them and not because you took it away from them. Now, there's a slight twist here in this particular question that I think I do want to address. And that is actually like reading your kids' texts. Well, is a parent's job to get better at snooping their kids' digital information, their texts, or is the job, 
are they supposed to learn how to trust their kids so they can successfully launch their kids? Because no parent that feels like they have to read their kids' texts until the day that they leave trust their kids. Well, I can guarantee you that there's some things that you might never want to read. Well, that brings <laughs> me to another point. Information good, too much information, debilitating. It'll stop you in your tracks. You won't be able to go to work. You won't be able to think about other things that need your attention if you're focusing on, if you're working for the parent FBI, but you're not getting paid and it's a part-time job, you're not living a happy, peaceful life. There's no space for room and growth for your kid to overcome their mistakes. It's going to be a constant painful reminder to you that they're making mistakes and how are you supposed to have a conversation at the dinner table? Find me a teenager when they are at the dinner table, wants to talk to their parents about all the horrible mistakes they've made. The parents are constantly warning them and lecturing them. You know what eventually happens? They don't come to the dinner table anymore. They're not going to want to be there. So if you set up a realistic expectation for them, something they can work to, you guys are both getting chances working on real life solutions to manage the use of cell phones. There's a lot of adults that aren't mature enough to put their phone down at their work and they lose their job that they needed to pay for bills for that job. Happens all the time. One of the biggest deterrents that people say, and it's not just millennials, people in general, that they're on their phone with their work. How many times have you been at a store and you're trying to ask someone for help and they're on their phone like, oh, excuse me, what? Like, It's almost like you feel like you're interrupting them because they're an important text. So being able to manage really powerful devices that can take all of our time and attention and control, we're new at this. This is a brand new thing to the human race. But... Here's what's not new. Partnerships. Everyone wants to work with a partner that's willing to work with them. So if you tell your kid that's your end game goal, as ridiculous as it may sound, remind yourself they're going to be on their own anyway. So just agree to it and then set tasks and set time things to it that like time limits where it's like, okay, if you do this for three weeks, you get this. If you do this for six weeks, you get that. And give them something that they can measure and that you will own up to regardless whether they're doing other things in their life. So the same parent said, okay, well, what is them having to turn in their phone every single day on time have to do anything with me being able to trust them that they can keep their phone overnights for the weekend that they won't use it? They're still going to use a phone. She's like, I know they're going to use it. I know they're going to use it. I said, Yeah. She's like, well, how do I stop them from using it over the weekend if I give it to them to the weekend? I'm like, you don't? She's like, well, that's not the goal. The goal is for them to be responsible with their phone. I go, yeah, you don't make someone responsible with their phone by not letting them earn rights and privileges with their phone. It took this person a while to understand that what they wanted was completely out of the realm of reality. You want to keep your kids safe. Oh, and the worst part about her, oh, not her. (laughs) The worst part about this situation was that she's found very valuable information about her kids. And And the reason why I'm thinking about this one, even though this could be 30, 40 people in the exact same situation, just one came to mind is that she found out her kid was suicidal by looking at her kid's phone when her kid was grounded from the phone. So what do you think that had taught her brain? To never look at the phone again? Or that she needs to obsessively always look at the phone to keep her kid safe? Well, yeah, because I think that there's a badge of honor. When moms get sitting around talking about their kids and talking about cell phones, it's like, well, you know, I look at that phone every single night. 
And my daughter knows that I'm going to read every single one. My daughter knows that every single one of those texts are coming into my, and, and, you know, if I thought my mom was reading my texts, I would be DMing with my friends on Twitter or, I mean. Find a workaround. I would probably yeah. work around, but I think this, the, the, the badge of honor, like if you're not aware of every conversation that your kid is having, then you're not a good mom. That's what I feel. And, and that might be what other people are, are feeling. And I'm just being completely honest because I choose not to read my kids' texts. That's my... But you can't blame other moms who do. You no. get it. Well, and, and there has been circumstances where they were grateful for that information. Absolutely. I, I want to I share, like, this just so, keeps... Okay. There's one thing that keeps coming to my mind, and, and this is a personal thing. And, and, you know, I know it's sensitive when I kind of go back to, to Corey because obviously that's the worst case scenario. Um, Corey was, there was a time that Corey was using drugs, using marijuana. And I was, like, in my mind, it was the worst possible thing. I, I was furiously mad about the situation. And I remember you were working with Corey, talking to Corey, and, and he had agreed that he shouldn't be using drugs and that that wasn't acceptable in, in any situation. And you told me to go and buy a drug test and keep it in the pantry. And you told him that you told me to buy a drug test and that you said, if, if I decided any day to drug test him, that he would need to ag agree to be drug tested. And that drug test is still sitting in my pantry. I didn't use it. But he knew that I could. If I wanted to, like, I do know the passwords, the passcodes to my kid's phone. And if I wanted to, and they know that, they know that I have the passcode, that I could go in there and infiltrate it and find out what I needed to know. But they do know that I don't read their text messages as well. And that's just where I choose to be. And I think that every kid, just like you said, every kid is going to be different. But when Corey knew that at any moment he would have no way out of being bested, I think it limited his decisions. I, I, I think it helped him. Well, and, and one important detail I need to add is that he agreed to do that. Right. I told him that to earn people's trust back, sometimes if you've broken someone's trust in one specific way, you can't go back and get a redo for that. But trust is trust. You can do other things that are deserving of trust in other categories, and it can lean itself to just trust in general. It doesn't have to be. I've counseled people that they, you know, one of the spouses were, you know, had cheated on the other person, and they decided to stay together. Well, the spouse that cheated said, no matter what I do, she'll never trust me again. She'll never trust me again. I said, no, there's lots of things you can do to earn the trust back. He's like, what? I go, 
keep one job for longer than three months and then pay bills every time that they're due. And he was like, what does that have to do with earning trust over here from not, you know, from cheating on her? And this woman finished the sentence. I looked over at her and she said, because all those things make me feel unsafe. Hmm. So if we want to earn trust from our kids, we have to help them see that we're trusting that they are going to be past the place that they're at sooner than later. So we're going to give them prepaid gratitude, prepaid appreciation by saying, let's just plan for you to be successful in these areas and let's set up the goals, that the things, the rewards I'm going to give to you once you are successful. That's, that's just looking at it from the, from the sense that they're expecting me to be successful. With Corey, I said, your relationship with your mom will get better. If you just give her permission to drug test you whenever, I said, she probably won't even drug test that much, but if she does and you're not doing anything, it's just going to help the relationship. If you are doing something, don't even let her waste the drug test. Just tell her it's going to be dirty and that'll help the relationship. He agreed to it. He bought it. And he himself was like, yeah, she's never drug tested me. I'm like, well, have you been pretty cool about everything? Yeah, I've been doing everything else. I'm like, then why does she have to? See, it's, it's, what is our, so many people, their goal is to keep their kids safe and they forget that safety in the long term is not making sure your kid doesn't make a mistake. It's making sure that they have enough life experiences that their mistakes are small and minimal so that they don't make the big ones. And every person I've ever talked to that's got valuable information from looking at their kids' texts, I said, all right, be, you got good information, helped you out. And they said, are you mad at me because I look at the text? Like, no, it worked out for you in this, in this case. This is a one-off situation. Do not make this the rule of thumb. It's not realistic. Well, and I could see like if, if my child was hysterical, if something was going on, if I could tell something was abnormal and I, and I wasn't getting information that I might have to take a more extreme measure. Well, yeah, you always have to take a more extreme measure when the relationship is bad and when you're really bad at keeping it cool. If a parent is really constantly, if they're good at freaking out, quick to get angry, quick to get emotional, you're teaching your kids you can't handle the truth. So why would they want to work with you in learning how to tell you the truth? If there's a situation with the screen time, more importantly, the phone time, and they're working towards a goal and they earn that goal. So back to that, the question that the parent asked me, it said, what does my kid turning in their cell phone on time every night have to do with getting me to give that formula weekend? I said, let's just try it. Because she, I couldn't really convince her. I said, let's try it. I goes, I don't think you're asking the right question. You're saying, how do I stop my kid from not ever texting anything inappropriate and doing anything that will worry me? When I think the real goal should be, how do I help my kid learn how to manage this alien device so they don't ruin their life by being lost in freaking <laughs> entertainment land, right. right? After this happened, I told the kid, and I this is one of those times I pulled the kid aside and said, I went to bat for you. Don't make me look stupid. And they looked at me and I'm like, I'm not joking. I'm like, this was not easy for me to get your mom to agree to this. And they're like, no, you're right. The fact that she agreed to this is like, so they didn't want to screw it up either. They get the freedom. Weeks go by. Let's them use the phone. The kid stays up all night, gets really tired, 
tells the phone, tells the parent the next weekend, because they turn it on time again. It was week to week then. They could have it on the weekends all they want. The next weekend, not me telling the kid, he went up to his mom. He said, hey, mom, I'm going to turn it in tonight. Mom said, why? He's like, because last week I stayed up all night and and uh, just tired the next week. And I don't know. It's probably just better to keep it. He's like, I'm not saying I'm going to give it to you every time, but tonight I'm tired and I need to get some sleep. And my friends were blowing me up. What happened was he had people blowing him. He actually wanted to get to sleep. So he gave it to his mom. Mom came in that next week and looked at me. She's like, I get it now. I go, get what? She's like, you're right. You mean you played it naive. Okay. Mm-hmm. It had nothing to do. She thought if she knew her kid wasn't texting inappropriate things, that she was safe. She said, I've never felt more safe when I, my kid came to me and said, Mom, will you take this away from me? Because I don't need this distraction right now. She realized that's what she really wanted him to realize, that he could do it on his own. She didn't have to take it from him. He took it from himself. But but none of this is going to happen if the conversation does, it it, doesn't get they started. They had to start. She had to agree. You have to start with the prioritizing. You have to start with what he are we going to even- work? Yeah. A teenager was not ridiculous. You know what his number one thing was? I just want to be able to have it on the weekends. I was like, that's pretty reasonable. <laughs> I mean, compared to what most teenagers were saying, I want you to be out of my life. Not do. I was looking at her and she was going to debate with him. I'm like, no, stop. Like, stop, stop. He's not saying something irre- like unrational. The kid's 17 years old. And then she's like, well, you know, but I'm like, just go with it. And when she did, she's like, oh, now I get it. You're right. I need to teach him. I need to give him opportunities to learn instead of trying to teach him something he doesn't want to learn from me. Well, you know, obviously this is a tough topic and we get these, we get questions about screen time and about cell phones and about how much is too much and is social media and, and all these things. And, and really these are suggestions that you really have to consider with your individual relationship, with your individual child, with where they're at, with how many kids you have, with older siblings and younger siblings. And, and this, this is something that you're going to have to feel that we're all going to have to fill out in our own families. There's not a designated right or wrong, but I like how you started this whole thing. Um, air on the side of the relationship. Yeah. If your goal is to make sure you can control your kid's screen time, in my opinion, from my experience, you got the wrong goal. Because you have the right intention, you have the right fear, you know all the dangers out there, and for people that have had their kids- And you kids, want to be able to say, my kid, and trust I, me, I know everything. I've had, kids, I've had people come to me saying, my daughter was communicating with a grown man- yeah. And this man was doing blah, 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 stuff like that. And luckily we caught it. And I found it by reading my daughter's text. I said, great. That was two years ago. Your daughter's been in counseling for two years. She's not doing anything similar. She learned her mistake. So now she's got to hold off until she's 18 years old before she can ever have any freedom with her cell phone again. That's absurd. Don't think that you got lucky one time or you found out one time and that helped that that should be the rule. That's still the exception to the rule. That does not normally happen. There's bad things that happen on the phone. There's bad things that happen on the internet we should be scared and fearful of. But if our relationship is strong with our kids, there's a higher probability that we're going to be knowing of those things without snooping. The relationship is going to tip us off. They're going to give us signs. They're going to let us know something's happening. And granted, you know, there's this isn't a perfect science. So anyone that's sitting here go, well, my situation is different and you're right. Your situation is different. 
you're right, this is horrible, you're right, you found information to help your kid, and the goal at the end of the day still is to help your kid to be an adult, not to be a better kid. So I'm talking about the long play. This is the marathon, not the 5K. Right. And so, woo! I gotta, you gotta love, you gotta love parenthood. It's so fair. It's so comfortable. It's so easy. It's so fun. <laughs> right. Um, obviously I'm being a little bit sarcastic because if there's anything that we like to talk about here is that parenthood is not fair. <laughs> this is, uh, this is true. It's true. Um, but there are things that we can do. And, um, as we, as we work on this stuff, it might not come naturally, but relationships will be built. And those relationships you get for the rest of your life, and they will serve you for the rest of your life, and, uh, and it's worth it. So we'll leave it there. Um, thanks, as always, for sending in your question. And um, you can message us, whether you can message us right through social media at Instagram, um, at Facebook. You can also reach us through lightthefight.com. We have um, a place there that you can send us an email. And we do love hearing from you. And your feedback really helps us kind of tailor our conversations. And um, we love to know what's going on out there. So let us know. Um, and as always, thanks, David. And um, thanks to you for listening. Thanks for helping us to light the fight.